Hey love, welcome to the show. I want to introduce my guest for today, Miranda Lee, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. We talked about so many incredible and important topics in this conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you. So Miranda is a faith-based health and confidence coach, and she loves helping busy go-getters build confidence through food freedom, fitness, and faith. And I'm, yeah, just so excited. We talk about things like intuitive eating. We talk about self-compassion. We talk about creating a healthier relationship with our food, with our health. We talk about diet culture. And so I do want to share with you a trigger warning. We do talk about eating disorders and some really sensitive topics. So I just wanted to share that with you so you can choose intentionally if you feel like you want to listen to this episode. Okay. So so excited to share this with you again, Miranda Lee. So excited. All right, my friend, I hope you enjoy. Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Devani. I'm a therapist, a life coach, and a facilitator of powerful personal growth workshops. This show is a space for ambitious women who have huge hearts who are always giving and serving others. I take a real talk, practical approach to helping you start being authentically and freely you through mental wellness and faith. So you'll hear about topics like self-acceptance, self-compassion, intentional action-taking, and habit creation. If you're ready to start letting yourself be seen and heard and to start being authentically you, you are in the right place, my friend. My hope is that every episode, you'll walk away feeling encouraged and with practical tips you can start to implement in your life. And even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from the show is not a substitute for mental health treatment. All right, my friend, let's dig in. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what got you into the work that you're doing. Yeah, so it's funny because I really um, was like resistant to it at first. So the whole fitness and nutrition um, has been just a really big part of my life, like since I was in fifth grade. Um, And like in fifth grade is kind of when it was more negative aspect. Like that's when my eating disorder started to develop. I became like, just really like obsessed with the whole fitness and nutrition part, but I was also like really good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I like none of it came easy to me at all because like, like I have not the best genetics on my dad's side of the family, you know, like it's really funny because like fast forward a little bit, like when I was younger, I always struggled with weight, like a lot, like I was always really chunky. And then when my husband and I moved to South Carolina and started working out at the gym there, um, I was in a really good place. And I, you know, was really focused on like my competitive powerlifting, um, had a much healthier relationship with food and things were just great. And like, not going to lie, like I look great. And someone, I had a couple people say to me like, oh, it must be nice for it like to come easy to you or for you to like start out skinny and then gain all this muscle. 
And then it was just like crazy to me. Cause like, these are people who like, didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And like, so from their point of view, like they just see, Oh, these past couple months, I was a little smaller. And then I put on all this muscle mass and now I was, you know, like this fitness girl and like, Oh, it must be nice for it to like to come easy for you for someone who doesn't have to struggle with their weight. And I'm just like, you literally have no idea. Like I still struggle with my weight, but I've struggled with my weight and eating disorders and like just crazy diets and like my weight fluctuating like 30 pounds every couple months, like for years. And for someone like to say that to me, I was like, Oh, dang, that's kind of crazy. Like what their point of view is. But so then um, I went to college and everything Um, that was like before that, but you know, I graduated um, with my bachelor's in applied health science. So like, you know, kinesiology, and then I got my master's in business. And then when I got out, I was just kind of like, assuming that everything would just like come easy, because, hey, I got my degree, I did what, you know, you were supposed to do. And, you know, I got amazing grades, I was always super involved. And things like didn't come as easy. And at that point in my life, I really had to surrender it over to God. Um, and just really prayed on it. Like, okay, what is this next step um, I need to take? And I really had to let go of like my ego and my um, like obsession with like my reputation of who I was Mm -hmm. and be like, all right, like I am here. Like God put me here on this earth, like to help other people. And um, I feel like all my struggles that I've had, I, um, I just, I want to help people who are going through that. And like I said, in the beginning, like I kind of resisted it at first. I was like, there's more to me than fitness and nutrition. Like I can do something in the business world that has nothing to do with fitness and nutrition, but like, that's what everyone comes to me for. It's like fitness and nutrition advice. And especially how like the world is now, how like the diet culture is and media and all these, like all these false things that just like, like my podcast episode that aired today was kind of about um, like waist trainers and, you know, people who say like, oh, this exercise targets belly fat or um, this um, diet that helps, you know, shrink your midsection. Like those are all myths. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Like none of those are true and people really believe it. Like, like, just so you know, you cannot spot reduce fat. You can't pick where you want to lose your fat. So, but people think they can, because that's what the internet is saying. And that's Mm -hmm. what social media is saying. And that's what like, you know, these little fitness people who, um, you know, just throw on a waist trainer and they're like, that's how I got this body. And it's like, "Mm, but no, no, it's not. It, It really isn't. So, you know, I just, I enjoy helping people be like, all right, like, first of all, it's really not that hard. All these crazy things that diet culture is like telling you to do, like you really don't have to do it. Like what people were doing, like back in the cavemen days, I mean, they were doing it right. They ate when they were hungry. When they weren't hungry, they didn't eat. They ate whole foods, you know? So we, because of how society has like grown and it's grown in such amazing ways as well, but like, unfortunately, it's been really like detrimental to like our body image and our health because people want to try each new fad diet. And like, let's be real. If there was a diet that worked, we would have already found it and we'd all be doing it. So don't just be like, oh my gosh, keto 
or, you know, oh my gosh, the paleo diet or, oh, this or that. Like, no, if there was one that worked, everyone would be doing it, but there isn't. So we're not. So, (laughs) yeah. So that's kind of like how I got into, um, just really pursuing the fitness and nutrition track. Um, is, you know, I just want to, I just want to be there for people the way I wish others were there for me because like, especially with my eating disorder and stuff, all these like crazy weight loss and crazy diets that I did was always celebrated by other people. Like they'd be like, Oh, wow, you lost weight. You look so great. Or, Oh my gosh, you have so much discipline or you eat so healthy. All these things that I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Cause what people are praising. Mm. And then it was just so unhealthy. Yeah. That's so good. And then I, okay. So let me ask you a question. When you say that if there was one that worked, then we would have found it by now. Right. So tell me, tell me what that means to you in regards to like, cause I feel like I went through a season where I really enjoyed like a paleo ish vibe. Right. And then I went through a season where I really enjoyed like a keto ish, but I think in general, where I've found the most success for myself is very like intuitive, mindful Mm -hmm. eating, and definitely trying to gear towards whole foods. So tell me like, if we have someone who's listening, who's like, no, I'm about that paleo life. Like, can you clarify what you mean when you say that? Yeah. So Um, basically what I'm saying is like fitness and nutrition, is not a one size fits all. So there can be something that like really works for you. And that's great. Like, like me, I intuitively eat. I'm also 90% plant-based. Um, I used to be someone who ate meat all the time, but I would never turn to someone and say like, you have to be plant-based, you know, cause that might not work for you. It might not be something you enjoy. I personally enjoy it because it makes me focus more on whole foods. I'm very environmentally conscious. So I feel like by not eating meat as often, like I said, 90%, I'm not vegan. Um, I just feel like it reduces my carbon footprint. And for all these factors, this is why this works for me. And like, honestly, who knows if in five or 10 years, if this is going to still be the way that I'm, that I'm eating. Um, you know, like I said, everyone's different. Everyone's body is different. We all have different body types. Um, everyone has different food preferences. And I don't think you should do any diet that is restrictive, any diet that you can, that you don't enjoy. You know, there's some people like the whole keto thing, like keto wasn't made for weight loss. It was made for kids with epilepsy. So that's kind of why I have a hard time with people who like, do keto, but you know, some body types do thrive off of a higher fat, lower carb diet. And if that's something that you enjoy and that you can stick with, like, that's fine. But does that, like you said, you were keto ish, you were paleo ish. You weren't like people like to stick to things like really obsessively. And that's something I did. I stuck to certain things like super, super obsessively. And like, for me to just be 90% plant-based, you know what? Some days I'm hundred percent plant-based. Some days I'm, you know, 50% plant-based. Like it really, it really changes. So like, that's what I mean by there's not one diet because if there was one, we'd all be doing it, but that's impossible because all our bodies are different. All our preferences are different. Um, where we live, um, our, our ethnicity too, our gender, you know, men and women hold weight in different places. 
Um, you know, women with working out, their body can handle higher volume workouts where men, they can't. So like, that's why there's not one specific like workout routine that we should all be doing because there's so many different factors. Um, and our ages too, like when you're older, you can have, you know, when you're older, you go through sarcopenia. So it's going to be a lot harder for you to hold on to muscle mass. So like for me to be like, all right, grandma, we're doing hit today. Like she'd be like homegirl, mm-mm, like we're going for a walk and doing a little resistance bands. And that's what's going to work for her versus what's going to work for me. Like everyone is so different. That's why no two people have the exact same diet or exercise routine. And like, even like there are these twins I follow on Instagram while their fitness and nutrition is so, 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 so similar. You'll see one will end up with an injury. One will be like, you know what? I'm having a hard time. I need to increase my calories a little bit. Another, and the other twin might be like, you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm going to go through more of a cutting phase. Um, you know, I'm not injured. So like even twins, like their journeys are different too. So why do we expect our journey to be same as like someone on the other side of the screen's journey? Yeah, I think that's, that's just so powerful. And I think almost liberating too, when you think about it, because I think so many of us have found ourselves in this space where we're like on Pinterest or Googling, right? Like the perfect workout or the perfect nutrition plan or right. But like what you're saying is like really leaning into ideally getting some type of support and clarifying like what is best for you based on your body type, based on all those different factors. But, but also like learning to practice that intuitive, more of that intuitive, right? Like what's feeling good, what's feeling helpful, what's not trying different things. And I think taking that perspective of like having this be more of a journey and we're like learning and practicing and growing versus like, I need to find this now. Right. And there's a one size that there's one thing that's going to be my perfect solution. That's going to work forever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just so unrealistic. And like you said, people like they want to find that one thing that works, but it's like, honestly, it's taking you longer to like find that one thing and then like fall off the wagon and get back on another thing where if you would have just like started to just go through that journey. Cause that's the thing. It's going to be trial and error. You're not just going to walk into your intuitive eating journey and then be like, wow, such Zen I'm doing great. Like, no, it's, it's going to be hard. Like it, I mean, and it was for me too, especially coming out of eating disorders, multiple eating disorders. It was hard to go through that journey, but like, I knew I was headed in the right direction. And whenever I'd have like, quote unquote, a bad day with, um, my relationship with food. I, I never stressed out about it. Cause I'm like, all right, cool. That happened. So what did I learn from it? You know, what did I learn? Oh, I learned that if I'm sitting down and just mindlessly eating out of a giant family size bag that I'm not listening to my hunger cues, like, yeah, I finished it. And you know what? that kind of sucked. But what did I learn? I learned that, you know what, maybe I should pour if I want to mindlessly eat and not pay attention and you know, watch TV, maybe I should pour it into a bowl. Or if I do want to eat out of the family size bag, turn the TV off and be aware of what I'm doing. So I think all these failures, as people like to say, like, it's literally a learning experience. 
and it's life. Like it's not the end of the world. Like, okay. Like you ate too many slices of cake, big whoop. Like it's really not a big deal. Like it doesn't define who you are. I think a lot of us are just so hard on our mess ups and like, there shouldn't be a wagon that we're on where we fall off of it. Like a healthy lifestyle is like you said, like it's a journey. So for people to be like, Oh, I'll start again on Monday or, you know, we'll try and, you know, on, in January, like that's when I'll, I'll stick to it. Like, no, because first of all, there's always going to be holidays. There's always going to be birthdays. There's always going to be sad, emotional days where you do not have any discipline or motivation or anything like that. There's always going to be reasons to celebrate. There's always going to be just, you know, life. So we want there, we think that like, okay, there's going to be a life where like none of that happens and then everything will go smoothly and I can stick to this diet, but like, that's not going to happen. So you might as well, (laughs) you know, just be okay with, you know, there's going to be some days that, you know, you might eat a little extra, but like what else happened that day? Did you have extra family time? Did you try that cake that your little cousin like spent hours baking? Are you going to be like, no, sorry, Tommy. Like I'm watching my figure. I can't have that carrot cake. Like that's so sad. (laughs) I remember this post on Instagram a long time ago. And I think, I think her name was Mick, Mick Zazone or something like that. She was like a really, yeah, really big person on Instagram with like body positivity. And Hmm. I remember her posting something and she like posted a picture of herself and, um, and she like circled or pointed to different, like softer parts on her body and was like, this was taco Tuesday with my friends. This was right. Like the positive experiences and memories that she was creating. Um, and not to say that, right. It's like, it's all about finding that balance, but it's more of like, what I'm hearing from you is this is a lifestyle. Like this is a lifelong journey. This is a lifestyle. And I love that idea so much. Cause I think you're so right. And that when we get so attached to like, it needs to look like this, or like you said, this idea of one figure it out and can do it perfectly, then everything is going to be great. And it's like exactly what you said. Like, there's always going to be something happening, right? Like we need to learn to move the ebbs and the flows. And that's something that's been coming up a lot with my son also in the work that I've been sharing is like, idea of just embracing, like embracing where human is and that there are struggles and there are hard days, hard weeks, hard months. Like it's, there are challenges, but almost like just embrace, right? This life, it's like, <laughs> but embracing, embracing and just accepting that and then learning how to move through that with more compassion. And like, even when you were saying, um, like if you day or you do something, you're like, Ooh, okay. Like not going to do, try going to try to not do that again, but like that, how can we have a more compassionate attitude in those moments and more of that flexibility and yeah, just more compassion and flexibility and grace as we're learning and growing versus right. In those moments, like I can imagine that we've all been there where we have those moments where we're super hard on ourselves. And like, that's so much more detrimental to honestly, probably to your health. And then also just in general, like you get stuck there when we get really caught up in that criticism and that judgment. Yeah, definitely. And like, I like to think of it 
as like, if you were going to teach like your kid or, you know, your little brother, sister, your cousin or something to ride a bike um, and they, you know, fell off or they barely, you know, pedaled or it, you know, it's, I feel like it's always a very traumatic experience for kids when they learn how to ride a bike. Like I remember when I learned how to ride a bike, I was like, I hate my life. But when you're teaching a kid how to ride their bike and they fall off, are you just like, wow, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're never going to get this. Like, no, you would never say that to a kid. You're going to, you're going to say like, wow, like that was great. Look, you went an extra foot or I'm so proud of you for being brave. And then the kid's like, yeah, like I did better this time. I'm going to get back up and do it again. And then eventually they learn how to ride the bike. Like we think that we can like hate ourselves and the loving ourselves. So like during our own health journey, if we mess up, we're always so critical of ourselves and we'll be like, wow, like you're so fat or you're not disciplined or, you know, all these negative things. And we think that's going to motivate us into being better. And it's, it literally doesn't work that way. So I love to tell my clients, like every day, I want you to focus on your little wins. Like what is that little win for you? I remember, um, a while ago I was doing really well with my binge eating disorder recovery and things were great. And I had a friend someone who didn't know about my struggle thought it would be nice to make me a whole cheesecake. They gave it to me. And then I was like, Ooh, girl. Ooh. And, um, you know, I'm usually not the type to, you know, buy a whole cake. Like if I want something, I'll buy like a slice just because I know how I am. And especially at that time, like now I could, I could easily, you know, buy a, a whole pint of ice cream and not eat it right away. But at the time it was a big struggle. So I remember having the cheesecake and I ate a slice and I was like, all right. And then I ate a second slice. And then I was like, I really want that third slice. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm just going to take a shower. I'm going to take a shower real quick. And if I still want that third slice, I'm going to allow myself to have that. But if I don't want it, then cool. So I went, I took a shower and, you know, I kind of like removed myself from, you know, just sitting in front of that beautiful cheesecake. And I got out of the shower and I was like, you know, I'm not hungry. Like I don't want it. And instead of being hard on myself and saying, wow, I can't believe you ate two slices of cheesecake. I was like, dang, Miranda, like, good job. You stopped after two slices because you listened to your body. First of all, I don't believe you should ever tell yourself no, because you know, once you say no, you're going to want it. I told myself if I still wanted it after my shower, if I still wanted it in 20 minutes, I could have it. That was fine. So I gave myself that opportunity to actually listen to my body. And then I didn't want it. So it was something for me to celebrate, like, wow, look what I did. Or I feel like the old version of me would have been like, wow, you ate two slices of cheesecake. You already messed up. You might as well just keep going. And I feel like that's a mindset. A lot of people have is that all or nothing mindset. And it, it, it's so detrimental to your mental health and to your physical health to have that all or nothing mind, all or nothing mindset. So, you know, I just think it's so important just to focus on those little wins and that's, what's going to motivate you to keep going and keep getting better, not being hard on yourself thinking, like I said before, you can hate yourself into loving yourself because it wouldn't work that way if you're trying to teach your kid to ride a bike. So why is it going to work that way with yourself?
Yeah, that's such a good point. And, and there's actually research. I don't know if it was actually by Dr. Kristen F and Dr. Christopher Germer. I don't know if it was from them or it's just something that they shared, but there's actual research that talks about that, like that having compassion and being gracious with yourself and practicing that is actually going to allow you to take forward action quicker and more consistently and take those risks versus when we're really hard on ourselves. Um, we're less motivated to do those things. And that's just so, so powerful. And I love that visual of like, you wouldn't do this to, to a young child. And we all have one in here, right? Just like needing that encouragement. So it's such a good reminder. And I'm, I'm so curious, tell me more about, tell me more about your journey with, um, like just coming to more accept yourself, more embrace yourself. Like, tell me what that journey has looked like for you over the last couple of years related to your faith or to your fitness (laughs) and health. Yeah. I mean, it's, first of all, it's like definitely a never ending journey. Like it's still a journey that, you know, I'm on today and I never expect myself to stop. Um, cause like I said, different things are going to happen in our life. Like no one would have ever known that, you know, COVID would have hit We're like at that point in our life, honestly, our mental health is more important than our physical health. And, you know, where before you could be someone who is just working out every single day and eating right. Like at that point in your life, it's, you have to be kind to yourself because you're surviving a global pandemic, you know? So just realizing that, you know, these different phases in our life, there's going to be different priorities and some things are going to matter a little more than others. Some things are going to, are going to matter a little more than they would have maybe last year. But I know for me, um, especially with, um, you know, my eating disorder, I had to completely surrender to God. Um, that's what helped me. That's what helped me find, you know, food freedom and, um, just put me where I am today. Because first of all, who am I to judge God's creation and say that that creation is not good enough? Like that is very, um, you know, selfish of me, first of all. And to think that, that I have the power to do that, like, mm-mm. like I'm sure God's in heaven with his angels pointing down, like saying, look at this amazing creation that I made. Like she has all these wonderful things about her. And then like to look down and then to see me look in the mirror and be like, you're fat, you're not good enough, or I'm not going to eat today. Like, you know, God was probably like, never mind, <laughs> turn around. <laughs> like, so I just like, once I realized that, first of all, there's my body is the least interesting thing about me. It really is. Like when God created me, there was so much that he made about me for me to offer the world and for me to spend most of my life like obsessing about my body and my weight and how many calories I ate and how much I worked out like that's so selfish because it's taking away from the time that I could be spreading the word about God the time that I could be connecting with someone else the time that I could be using my actual gifts to make an impact on the world and on someone else. Like, even if I go my whole life and only change one person's life, like that's amazing. And it is so selfish of me to just obsess about myself in these things that first of all, is 
we're only doing it like to please man. We're not doing it to please God. Like what a waste of time. What a waste of time to be like, well, I'll be happy if I fit in my jeans from high school. Otherwise I'm not going to be happy. Like no one has time for that. That is ridiculous. And we all do it. We all do it. And, you know, once I just, once I, like I said, really surrendered to God and was like, you put me on this earth for a reason beyond, um, you know, what my body looks like and, you know, everything we do, we should be doing to glorify God. So I'm not saying to not, you know, treat your body like a temple and to not eat healthy and work out, but why are you doing it? Are you doing it for the selfish reason of wanting to fit these like impossible beauty standards or are you doing it so you can be your best self to spread the word of God, to have this impact on others, to, you know, be a lighthouse in someone else's life. So, you know, my life really changed one, I changed my priorities. My priorities became God instead of um, myself and my ego and what I thought mattered because what I thought mattered literally doesn't matter at all. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I'm almost picturing you like with binoculars or something, right? Like really zoomed in on like your weight or body image. And then it's like, you took the binoculars off and then saw like so many other things about yourself, about your purpose, about what God has for you, right? Like just allowing us to see that there is so, so much more than that. And I think that's so powerful to think about too, this idea of like, where are you spending your energy, right? And it almost comes down to like something that comes up for me is the idea of having idols, right? Like what are the idols in our life that we're putting before God and before the work that we're supposed to be doing? And so interesting to think about, like, is that an idol in your life that you're prioritizing over other things that really are more important and more eternal, more kingdom oriented? Um, That's just so powerful to think about. Yeah. And I I like your like analogy of, you know, the binoculars, because it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, like our weight or body size. It can be other things, especially the way that, you know, society has like taught us. It could be, I know for me, it was like productivity and achievements. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. so focused on how productive can I be during the day? Like how many achievements can I have? You know, other people can be like their career and how much money they make and like the status and power. And, you know, it doesn't just have to be your body and your body image. There's all these little things. And and like you said, like these idols that we have in our life. And a lot of the time we don't even notice that they're idols. We think it's normal because everyone else is doing it, but like, we're not supposed to be actual like part of this world we're just in it so just because everyone else is doing it because everyone else is spending hours a day on social media doesn't mean it's not an idol in our life like is that the first thing you do when you wake up is it like scroll through social media yeah <laughs> and you know it's like it's like what are we gonna do about that yeah um so I think like the first step and like just the biggest step is just recognizing you know what are these idols in your life that are really just 
getting in the way um, of your relationship with God. Yeah. And I think just to dig into that a little bit more, I think if you have, if you have your journal out with you while you're listening, um, like asking yourself, right. Reflecting on that, what are maybe some possible idols in my life? And a great way to maybe dig into that would be to ask yourself, like, what are recurring, like, what am I spending my energy on my mental energy on throughout the day? Like, what are huge things that I'm really focusing on throughout the day? Or what are a lot of recurring thoughts that I'm having throughout the day? So if you're having recurring thoughts all day, right. About like maybe what you're eating or, you know, and again, it's finding that balance, right. Because if you're doing that a little bit, like that's not a negative thing. Um, but that could be a really good way to kind of dig into that a little bit. And I think something that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to circle back to is that idea of that idea of when, like when we compliment people, when we compliment people. Right. And it's like, it's not like we're not doing it on purpose. And like, if we're really honest, I feel like I, we experienced this as children. I'm imagining, I know that I did. I'm imagining a lot of people did where it's like, as a child, of course, you get praised when you get an A on your test or when you do something really well, right? What, what I would encourage us to start thinking about is we don't need to get rid of that. Like, of course, we can praise other people for their accomplishments, but are we also acknowledging and praising their amazing qualities and their heart and their mind and right. Like these other things, their acts of compassion, their acts of love. Like, are we praising and acknowledging those things at least as much as we're praising the outer accomplishments that they're having in the world? Yeah. And like you said, like it all starts with being kids, but like, we need to remember that, like, if we had like this flower, this plant, and we had this light, like the flower or plant is going to grow toward that light. So the same thing with, you know, us and with kids that like, if you are constantly complimenting them on, on like maybe like their grades in school or how um, hardworking they are or how, you know, how great they look, um, they are going to grow toward that. That is what they are going to um, work harder on. So, so yeah, we need to see like what compliments are we feeding, um, each other and ourselves, um, and kids. And there's just, it takes a lot of work to really like reframe your brain and your mindset. And like, I'm really proud that like, I'm at this point where, um, if someone tells me like, Oh, have you lost weight? Like it makes me <laughs> upset. Like I don't see it as a compliment anymore. Like I even remember um like last year I had food poisoning and it was really bad and I was throwing up a lot. And then like a couple of days later, someone's like, Have you lost weight? You look really good. And I'm just like, bro, if I wasn't so like secure in my body image and who I am, like that could have been so detrimental. And the thing is like, people don't know, like you said, when people are giving these compliments, like it's coming from a kind heart, but, um, like you said, we shouldn't be only complimenting people on these, basically like these descriptions instead of like their definitions. Um, 
And just to kind of like take a step back and see like what you're complimenting people on. Um, I think especially when it comes to, you know, physical and like their body and weight and stuff. Like, first of all, I think you should never, ever, ever comment on someone's weight, whether they, you know, lost weight, gained weight, anything. Cause like there are people who have trouble gaining weight. So like for them to like, you know, be careful what, what your, what your comments and compliments are like never compliment or comment on someone's weight. I just feel like that's not what makes them them at all. So there's, you know, no reason. Um, like there's so like, let's say someone does lose a lot of weight and, you know, you want to recognize that they've kind of, you know, maybe made a healthier lifestyle, life change. Like there's so many other things that you can compliment that have nothing to do like with their weight. It can maybe be like their energy. Like, Hey, like I'm really vibing your energy lately. Like you seem to have like a lot more energy. You seem to just be more positive. Like, I love that. Like that's something you can, you can compliment, you know, there's so many things you can compliment that don't have to do with like their physical appearance. And like, there's even like little things that, you know, like words like mean so much. Like I remember in high school, this is, this is something so minute and small, but it's something I think about like in high school, someone complimented me on my skin and said, I had, you know, um, I just had like perfect skin. And now I, it's been over a year since, you know, I, I got off of the pill because I realized, you know, that is not, I don't, I don't want these chemicals in my body. And as a result, my face has been a little, eh, like a little teenagery lately. And it's still like kind of thinking about like, man, I used to get complimented on my skin. And mm. now this is something that, um, that I struggle with. I don't want to say like, don't compliment people on their skin or whatever. But I think for me, it's like, recognizing that like that's not who I am like this doesn't make me any less me just because like I have some breakouts on my face and it's a lot of self-work that we need to go through where like we don't take like these compliments or these comments like too personally like that they like define us um, cause you can't control, you know, what everyone's saying to you. You can only control like what you're saying and how you're receiving, like, are you reacting or responding or just like listening to the things that people are saying to you? So yeah, like it's a, it's a constant journey and there's only so much that you can like control, but you know, I think like for me, I don't compliment people on you know, like their body image or weight, this, this, and that. So as a result, when people make that comment or compliment to me, like it literally means nothing, you know, it, so it starts with that. So you can't be, you can't say things to yourself or to other people and then not, and then expect you to have a different response or reaction when they say it to you. So, you know, it really starts just like with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And just, just growing your awareness, right? Like that's the first step to all of this is just growing your awareness around like, what am I saying to myself? What am I complimenting myself for? Like, what am I right? And then the same for others. Like, what am I complimenting about others? And that could be, like you said, with your partner, with your friends, with your relationships, with your kids, like that could be with anyone. 
Um, and then I would love before we start to kind of wrap things up, just to ask you like, why? Cause I think that sometimes the idea of like self-love and that concept within faith, sometimes like people feel like, oh, as a Christian, like you shouldn't focus on self-love. Right. So tell me like why you feel like it's important to, to really foster that and to foster these feelings of like self-compassion, self-acceptance. Like, why do you feel like almost, especially on our faith journey, like why, why do you feel like those things still matter and are so important? Yeah. I think, you know, first of all, like I said earlier, like we are still God's creation. So for us to talk negatively about ourselves, we are talking negatively about God's creation, but then also like how are we supposed to love, like truly love other people if we can't love ourselves? You know, um, it's like they say, like, you can't fill other people's glass until your glass is full, too. You can't fill other people's glass with an empty glass. So I think that, like, the more you love yourself and you heal this relationship with yourself, the more you are capable and able to really love others and to, you know, spread God's love to others. Like you can probably think of some of the people who've had like the biggest impact in this world. And, you know, like even, even Jesus was, he was a humble servant, but he never, like just talked negatively about himself like he was like no like I'm I'm God's son like this is who I am you know he was still as humble as ever but he never wavered from who he knew he was and like the same things with us like I am not amazing and enough and worthy because of things I've done I'm amazing and enough and worthy because I am a child of God period. That's it. There is nothing I can ever do to make myself enough by myself. There's not, I can be the perfect size, the perfect weight, have perfect grades, a perfect job. And I'm not enough without God. I can have absolutely none of that. And because I have God and I'm God's child, I'm enough. End of story, period. That's it. So, you know, it it all starts with yourself before you can truly overflow it to others. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I I think you made such a good point where there's a difference between humility and like being self-deprecating, right? And like speaking down on yourself and judging yourself and criticizing yourself. Like those are two very different things. And there's a specific verse in the Bible and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I love the amplified version because it has these like expansions, right? So it'll say something and then it'll say like in brackets, what, what it really means and just go into more depth. And I remember one of the verses was talking, it said, something about seeing yourself the way that you ought to like seeing yourself in a way that is accurate to who you are. Right. And if we are coming from this space of, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. I can't do anything right. Like all of that self-judgment, that's not seeing yourself the way that you ought to see yourself. That's not seeing yourself through accurate, right? Like 
And then another piece to that too, is like, how are we supposed to show up and do the work that we're here to do? How are we supposed to show up in our lives and be present and engage and pursue our purposes if we're having all this negative judgment going on, right? Versus like, how much more able are you to show up present, engaged, like doing the work that God has put on your heart with that attitude of joy and like, right? If you're in this space of like, I know I'm not enough, a hundred percent, like I'm humble. I know I'm not enough, but I have God. And I know that in that, like I have everything that I need to have, right? Like I'm equipped, I'm capable, I'm called, I'm qualified, all of those things because of who I am in that, like how much more able are we to show up and do that work? Right. And that's, that's, I think one of the biggest pieces to me is people sometimes are like, oh, like you shouldn't focus on yourself at all. And it's like, yeah, we shouldn't like overly identify and overly focus on ourselves a hundred percent, but we also shouldn't be super self-critical and judgmental because it's like asking ourselves what, what's going to allow me to most fully show up as who God is calling me to be and to do this work that God's calling me to do right? Like what is going to help me do that? And often for myself, that's self-compassion and for sure humility and surrender and a lot of other things, but it definitely is not that place of self-judgment and criticism. So I'm so glad that we got to dig into that a little bit. Um, I'd love, I'd love to end with a couple of really practical takeaways for people. So so I'd love for them to have a couple of things that they can start like trying to do today. And so I think a couple that we already talked about, um, where we said, just starting to grow your awareness, just starting to notice, like, are there things in my life that I'm prioritizing over my faith, over my purpose, over, right. Are there things that I'm inappropriately prioritizing that are really taking up my mental energy? That would be a great like journaling prompt to start with. Um, and then you said talking about just growing your awareness, we talked about starting to notice where we're complimenting either ourselves or other people. Are there any other like super simple, easy, practical things that people could start doing today? Yeah. Um, I think one big one that we all need to focus on is really, like I said before, celebrating those little wins. Mm. Like if you just take that time, like in your journal every day to just write down one little win that you had, you know, it literally can be like a big win of like, I worked out for an hour today. Like I killed it to like another one of like, you know what? I tried to work out for a couple minutes, but I listened to my body and realized, you know what? Today wasn't the day I need some rest. You know, there's so many little wins and it, and it goes beyond, you know, fitness and nutrition, you know, it could it could be anything in your life, your career, your relationships, maybe like my little win today was, um, I caught myself before saying something, you know, negative to myself, or, you know, I took five minutes today to have a more in-depth prayer with God. Like there's so many little wins that we can celebrate. And a lot of times in the, in the negatives that we have is actually where you find some of the best little wins. So I think, um, that's one that people can do. Um, you know, we also talked about, you know, self-compassion. So I think, um, working with that, but I think another one that, um, especially nowadays that people, um, need to work on is 
we're all into this, like, like this era of like self-affirmation. And I think that's great, but I think changing our self-affirmation to more like a God focused affirmation. So instead of saying things like, Oh, I am beautiful. I am hardworking. I am kind, like changing it to, you know, God, God made me one of a kind. God made me beautiful because of who I am and on the inside or, you know, God made me to love others, or I am enough because God made me like just changing our self affirmations to be more God centered. Because like, first of all, those are like, 100% true, like, they are facts, if it's God centered. And like, at the end of the day, like, we should be praising God, we shouldn't just be like, I am kind, I'm confident, I'm smart. And it's like, it's not all about you. Not saying you shouldn't have these self-affirmations, but to really add in like these God affirmations because like those can't be argued. <laughs> like they're facts. So good. Okay. I feel like we just gave our listeners a lot of like really good nuggets to walk away with. So thank you so, so much for this amazing conversation and for sharing so much and just for coming on and sharing with our community. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking to you. You're, you're so amazing and just positive. And I think it's amazing, you know, what you're doing for, you know, your community and, you know, as a woman of God. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, sweet friend, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you headed down and hit that share button. Send this to a friend who you know would love this episode. And if you haven't already left a rating or a review, if you could head down and take just a minute to do that, it would mean so much to me. Not only does it fill up my cup to know what you are loving about the show and to see how it's serving you, but it also allows me to see what specific topics you're enjoying so that I can create more episodes that you are going to love. And leaving a rating and review also helps us reach more women. So if you head down, it'll take you just a minute and I would appreciate it so, so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this community. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.